This holiday, Calabonis. you can give the most radical gift. Excellent! Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, the movie. Now on video cassette for just $24.99. Plus, coupons good for $20 worth of free food and Pepsi at Pizza Hut. Welcome back to the podcast, Old Millennials Remember Movies. I am your host, Angela Yoshiko, here with my co-host, Tyler Wilson. You know, wise men say you never pay full price for late pizza. So if you are prepared for lots of Tyler turtleisms, <laughs> this is the episode for you. I feel like Tyler has been ready for this um, podcast episode since the day I met him 20 years ago. Okay, well, here's the thing. Like... It's not a podcast I need to do, but like, okay, so you know how there are like certain movies that I don't want to necessarily talk about because they're too beloved, like number one, basically just Jurassic Park, right? Because it would just be a love fest, right? And you would think, given my interests, given what people know about me, that Ninja Turtles, the first movie, would be kind of in the same tier. And I don't think that that's true. I don't think it's like a, like the most amazing movie ever made. But, uh, but yeah, no, I can, I, I'm prepared. I've seen it a million times, so I'm ready to go. Excellent. I'm sure you're going to have a lot to say about it, and I'm going to add so much insight and tidbits and fun facts. Not, but... Plus, it's a super episode. <laughs> yeah. Like a super shredder episode, because we're also going to throw a in some discussion. super shredder episode. We're going to throw in some discussion of the two sequels, The Secret of the Ewes and Turtles 3. So, yeah. This basically happened because... Our kids were, uh, for like the, I don't know, the hundredth time, one of them or two of them, maybe three of them were like, which, like, I, I was talking about something like, which, which turtle is the blue one or whatever. And I, I'm just, I'm so sick of this shit. They're you my like, kids. God damn it, children. I've shown them cartoons. I've shown them so much shit. Like they should know. I've given them toys and they're just like, they're into their own thing. Like they, none of them are really like a gone attached to Ninja Turtles. Like. I did. They're a little off cycle because there hasn't really been like a, a popular show right when these kids have been in the right zone. Mm-hmm. But uh, so and you're I had fine enough. with that. You've never had a problem with it. But no, I, I can see how like it's like some core knowledge they should know just because of how obsessed with turtles you have been your entire life. And the thing is, is that like right when it's like super like look, we have the Blu-rays, right? Mm-hmm. But like right when it just like pops up on Netflix, it's like, oh, all three of the turtle movies are on here, and you're just like, you know what, kids, sit your ass down. It's time for some school. And here we are. Here we are. Okay, so later in the episode, we will talk about Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1991. One? 1990. God, I can't get that right. Followed okay. by the sequels. Yes. Jesus. 1990. Yeah, that falls right in our 80s and 90s old millennial age. Look at that. As if we planned it. What? Before we jump into Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, though, let's talk about what we've been watching recently, which is a ton of stuff. Seems like you've racked up a bunch. Um, we watched a couple things together recently, though, a couple shows and whatnot. The first one I want to talk about is Peacemaker. Yeah, so we finished. So, you know, we don't talk a ton about TV shows until we're usually like done with a season or something like that. Mm-hmm. I don't watch TV shows hardly at all. Mm-hmm. But this is we, true. we uh, did watch Peacemaker together because it's, you know, it's like eight episodes. Nice digestible we didn't start until there were like five or six out anyway so it made like waiting easy so anyway um it's the continuation of like suicide the suicide squad from the summer john cena's character is back james gunn who directed that movie and wrote it pretty much wrote he wrote every episode directed most of the episodes Mm -hmm. um yeah what did you think of peacemaker i love john cena in this role and i think that uh what's his name mr gunn What's his first James name? Gunn. James Gunn. Mr. Gunn. Mr. Gunn. Very I keep wanting to say Tim Gunn. Oh, well, you know. You know. Also another delightful gun. Project Runway. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, formally. I think that he's really great at directing and writing for this role for John Cena. Because I feel like we've watched him now and John Cena in a few things, and he's terrible in some things. And He's and, really hit and miss. Yeah, but this... This is great, and I like it, and I like uh, the sci-fi-ishness of it. I like the... Oh, it's insane. I like the uh, vulgarity a little bit. Um, yeah. It's vulgar, it's violent, it's set in the DC universe, but clearly is just on the sidelines of yeah. the DC universe. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, John Cena is interesting because I think he is very good when he's got the right part to play. Case in point, like him, him in the Suicide Squad is great. A month earlier than that, he's got a terrible character in the Fast and the Furious movie that mm-hmm. he's in, and it's just, again, not necessarily his fault. But like, if you don't give him something to kind of latch onto, it doesn't work. But you know what? What's what was good about Peacemaker is that it gives you in the in the Suicide Squad, it's a very comedic character. I would say, mm-hmm. uh, for the most part, um, this is comedic, but it also requires much more out of him because yes. he's the, the lead. And he's like, you know, the premise is that he's a shitbag of a superhero, right? Yeah, he's definitely an anti-hero. He's definitely like kind of a bad dude, but wants to be better, maybe. What I like about <laughs> Gunn's approach is that he's like, okay, this is our main character. These are the people around him. And, you know, we have to get the audience to engage with him and, and, and eventually be on his side and care about it. Yeah, him. and I and I think it does that in such a bizarre way. The supporting cast is really good. Some of the people that were these brief small characters in the Suicide Squad are part of the crew. Um I can't think of her name, but she's from Orange is the New Black. She's very good on the show. Um Yeah, it also has the greatest opening title sequence in the history of television. Uh, a dance number that is always good. You can never skip it. I've seen it probably two dozen times outside of watching the show because it's just delightful. Um, so yeah, agreed. I would also say that one of my favorite characters mm-hmm. is a character named Eagly. Yes, Eagly and, is his pet Eagle. Uh-huh. And I would not normally be a fan of such a character because it's like part Muppet, part ro- ro- uh, I don't even know what robotics, part maybe CGI. a real eagle, and part CGI. No and uh, normally I, w- I would not be here for such like silliness, but I really like it. I feel like it definitely works. I don't know what it is, and that's I think that speaks to how good the effect is, actually, because yeah. I couldn't tell if it was a robot or CGI it or if like they even used a like, a real eagle at yeah. some point. Like, obviously, they didn't use a real eagle for like a lot of things. But, like, but... maybe a couple of the things. Anyway, it looks really good, but he's a, you know, he's a good character. He's yeah. also just, you know, an eagle. <laughs> Who, who's just a fucking eagle. Yeah. Yeah. I, I like it. I like the writing. I like um, that he is problematic. He's been in prison for several years. He's very, like, racist and sexist, but, like, maybe learning that he doesn't want to be or learning what that means and what that looks like. So that's interesting and kind of adds yeah. some, like, interesting moments. It's coming back for season two, which is a bit of a surprise, which I, um, I'm happy about. I would... I. Because James Gunn is going to do the whole season again, so yeah. and I like it. I, I think that's what's fun about it. it. It does, it doesn't. It's not spoiling anything to say that like it. The season wraps, like it. It tells a full story. There's no like, like cliffhanger, which I appreciate. I don't think they were necessarily planning for like another season, but they now they can do a totally different, different story yeah. if they want to, which so, I like. Yeah, that's yeah. nice. All right, so that was Peacemaker, which people can watch on... HBO Max. HBO Max. Um, the next one we watched was kind of Valentine's Day-ish inspired. Um, I Want You Back with Charlie Day and Jenny Slate. Yeah. Kind of a rom-com. And uh, you gave me a choice between a couple, and I was like, oh, I'd watch that one. 
I watched both of them, but yes, you were the you one. Did. You watched the one that uh, is it's better? kind of like a yeah. It's like an it's R rated, and it is about two people who have been broken up with by their um, longtime boyfriend and girlfriend, and then they decide they meet each other, and they decide that they're going to help each other, like get the person back mm-hmm. through nefarious means. Mm-hmm. Um, and really, it's a story of their friendship, and you know, uh, I what I liked about it was that it doesn't lean too hard in them like falling for each other although you know obviously that's where it's potentially going right Mm -hmm. um but it's very funny and it has a good time with um them trying to you know help each other in this way while also just kind of forming a friendship that's not based on a an attraction i guess of course it leads that way eventually no spoilers there but you know um jenny slate's really funny and is a really good in this guy she was great in a movie called obvious child from a few years ago and i you know i know she's a comedian and she does a lot of comedic work and voice work but i think she's got more to being kind of a dramatic i mean this is a comedy but she's kind of holds her own throughout the whole thing really well and then charlie day is great he mm-hmm. is almost always kind of playing a variation of what we've seen but mm-hmm. very charming uh always really funny um so i mean it's it's good and not like an amazing movie but um enjoyable it's on amazon prime yeah, easy it, to watch. It was watchable. I was a, a a little bit disappointed because I felt like I watched the trailer and I thought it was funny, and then when you pointed out that it was rated R, I was like, okay, so maybe it's gonna have some more punches, but it really didn't. Like oh. the the funny parts that were in the trailer were kind of the funny parts in the movie, which was totally totally fine. I was just hoping for like a little like a little more. Yeah, it's going for that rom com tone, which is tone, which is let you know, it's not uproarious comedy so much as just yeah. like you know, there's some laughs, but it's also like this yeah. exploration of romance. And, and then I was sort of way. distracted because you made a thousand comments about Mr. Eastwood kid. Oh, Scott Eastwood is yeah. in it. I will say this is like maybe the best he's ever been in a movie, as he's like Jenny Slate's ex in the movie and it's a big role and then Gina Rodriguez is someone I really like she's like isn't she Jane the Virgin Mm -hmm. she's been in a lot of movies recently and been very good Um, she is uh, Charlie Day's ex anyway um, they have a big part in the movie Um, Scott Eastwood is doing he's more like personable here than Mm -hmm. he's ever been because he's usually playing such a stiff I mean he's the only guy that I remember that's been like he was in a Fast and Furious movie and then was like you know how they like they keep everybody in the Fast and Furious movie until, yeah. like, The Rock says, I'm not doing it anymore, right? Or they yeah. come back, and they didn't bring that guy back after he was an eight. They're like, eh, you're good, Scotty, so we don't need you. Exactly. He's just a stiff in most things, and I, I still think he's not great. And yes, and you told me every time, every five minutes, how much you were not enjoying his performance and how much you didn't down. like about him. It's not much of an so actor. So that was a little bit of distraction not for that movie. Not much of an actor. Okay, now you've watched a ton of other stuff, sort of random. You watched another rom-com called Marry Me. Marry Me, Marry Me. And you have been say singing yes, that say yes. all goddamn week. So this is a movie that is so weird, right? So it was filmed right, It was filmed before the pandemic, um, but it feels like it's also filmed like in 2000 because they don't make <laughs> movies like this anymore. It's J-Lo. She's playing a pop superstar like J-Lo, mm-hmm. who's in a relationship with another singer, or just, let's just say, another famous person, you know, like J-Lo. Mm-hmm. And um, sh- this person, uh, she's, they're going to get married on stage after their hit song, Marry Me. Mm-hmm. They perform it. They're going to get married on stage while she finds out that this guy's been cheating. Of course. So she has a little bit of a breakdown on stage, and she just like goes into this... Uh, 
diatribe about love and blah 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 and she just is like you know what i don't care who i marry and she like points to a guy in the crowd who's got a marry me sign because this song is called marry me and she says i'll marry you and this guy because he's kind of a nice guy uh decides to go along with it now that guy he's a single dad played by owen wilson and he's only holding the sign because his daughter wow (laughs) his daughter was there right and so he agrees, and then they decide to keep the ruse up because it's good publicity, I guess. This is the most preposterous opening I've ever seen to, like, a romant- romantic meet-cute. It doesn't make any sense, right? So, like, it's, it doesn't exist in any kind of reality, right? Maybe it exists in, like, a J-Lo-like reality, but, like, there's, like, four people in the world that live in a J-Lo-like reality, mm-hmm. right? We're talking about, like, Taylor Swift. We're talking about J-Lo. We're talking about Mariah Carey. I don't know, maybe Katy P- Like, there's not a lot of people living in this lifestyle. Anyway... Um, Madonna, but that's a whole other... She's throwing some European weird shit into that one. Anyway, focus, Tyler. (laughs) What I will say, (laughs) the middle part of the movie, where... Because people... I think people forget. Jennifer Lopez can be a very good actress. What? She's very good in certain things, right? Um, Made in Manhattan. I liked her in that one. (laughs) She's great. You laugh, but she's good in that movie. Out of sight, she's amazing. And that was years and years ago, but she's great in that movie. And she's She was really good in Hustlers a couple years ago. That was like, she should have got an Oscar nomination. I don't know if you ever saw that. She's great in that movie. Um, she can be very good. So she, and then you wouldn't think, here's the thing. You wouldn't necessarily think like Owen Wilson, J-Lo. Mm-hmm. But what I'll say is that Owen Wilson, and I thought about this, like over his career, he's been like paired up romantically with a lot of uh a lot of different people. I was just that's another movie and I forgot to even put it on the list. I rewatched Midnight in Paris where he's like paired up with for a little while Marion Cotillard and Rachel McAdams and it's just like Owen Wilson, he can't do like a ton of things, but what he does, he does extremely well. He's yeah. just got that wow charm. He's oh, a very likable guy. Yeah. And so that works really well. So for like this middle part of the movie, it feels like this 2000, 1998 era romantic comedy <laughs> where you're just like, yeah, I like these two people. I like their little romance that's going on here. Mm-hmm. And then it has a, like, just an absolutely ridiculous like final 20 minutes as these Don't type spoil of it because do. I kind of am, my curiosity is peaked. So don't spoil. So it is me. it a good movie? No. Is it like, I don't know. Do you like Made in Manhattan? Yeah. You probably like this movie. I probably would. I should probably watch it. <laughs> All right. It's on Peacock. Okay. Because, you know, the Peacock, that's a thing that we pay for. That's right. <laughs> okay. So that's a nice rom-com. Say yes. Say There's like a bunch of J-Lo. Oh God, like, stop. Like, she's not playing J-Lo, but there's like original songs in it. Uh-huh. And I was thinking during I was watching, I was like, oh, man, a major problem with this movie is that none of this music is very good. It's not catchy at all. And then yet, Here it's you been are. two weeks or a week, and I'm just like, marry me, marry me. Fuck, Say Tyler. yes. Say yes. Yeah. Anyway. And then you decided, hey, I'm going to take that rom-com energy and I'm going to switch on over to Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I wanted to, I needed to review something new and that's on Netflix and I'm not a fan of the franchise. I think the first one's obviously good. Um, I I don't think I've ever seen like the cult favorite, which is number two, because that's a very like different kind of movie, but I don't think I've ever seen it actually. Anyway, everything else in that series, I've seen various, whatever the last 20 years of remakes and reboots, Jesus, yeah. they're all bad, right? Yeah. This one is awful. God, it's so bad. It is... What? I'm shocked. It's barely 90 minutes. I feel like it's like 78 minutes, and yet it feels padded. Mm. The Elsie Fisher, who's from eighth grade, she you know she was the girl in that movie. She's mm-hmm. like playing a high schooler. This is what's weird about this movie. So she's playing a school shooting survivor. 
And if you think that that is a, a recipe for maybe being a little bit problematic uh, in a slasher movie, you'd be right. Yeah. <laughs> because there's a point where it's super gory, and I'm not a huge gorehound, so, like, whatever. Um, it, I don't, like, the characters aren't unlikable or likable. They're just, like, they, they just exist. Okay. There's no nothing to them. And there's, like, this sequence where, uh, God, it's this thing where you've seen two other movies where there's, like, a big centerpiece sequence on a, a bus, a fight on a bus, Nobody with Bob Odenkirk, Shang-Chi, right? Mm-hmm. Well, here's another movie with a showcase uh, bus sequence, mm-hmm. only uh, up the gore to about a million. Well, anyway, there's like a sequence in this where like she's on the bus and she's trying to escape this carnage. And like she sees someone collapsing on the floor after being like j- impaled by a, a, a chainsaw. And she has flashes to like her laying on the floor in her school when she was at a school shooting. And I'm thinking like, that's weird. <laughs> that... You're making this connection like, oh, she's a trauma survivor and she's going to have to overcome this by getting a gun and shooting that. Fucking weird, right? But yeah. also, like, isn't it tra- – I'm confused. Like, yeah. is it not enough to be traumatized by what's happening in front of you? Like, this person just got chainsawed in half in front of you. Like, I don't know. <laughs> like, That's, is it really yeah. believable that you're going to be like – it's just – it all feels this very This is not icky. the story to have a PTSD character it's so icky. flashing back. That's it has a blame denouement. It, it, oh, it does this thing where in in the new Halloween movie that came out a couple of years ago, they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis and they retconned all the other sequels, right? So it's a sequel directly to the first Halloween. This is what this is too. And they bring back the survivor of – the first Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Not the same actress because that actress died a few years ago. Oh. Same character. And they're doing the shameless thing that they did in Halloween, only they're doing it with like literally half the effort. And Dang. it comes to nothing. God, it's such a terrible movie. It's one of the worst movies I've seen in a long time. And I I know that I'm not like the, the necessary like necessarily the audience for this, but mm-hmm. like I guess what frustrates me is that like these are the I mean, first of all, I was supposed to go to theaters and they obviously knew it was bad enough to sell to Netflix, right? Mm-hmm. Um but like the horror genre, especially in this age where the only thing that makes money is Spider-Man, like, the horror genre is, like, the one, like, piece of, like, movie making that still is kind of, like, having new voices and original ideas, and there's a lot of, like, cool things happening in the independent circuit, right? And things pop up, right? And that's cool. But then, like, the most prominent horror movies are this shit. Yeah. And it's just, like, a rehash of the rehash of the sequel of the sequel, and same with the Halloween. I mean, this is worse, way worse than Halloween Kills that came out last year. That movie was is a masterpiece, and I didn't like that movie, but it was a masterpiece compared to this. But this is like, this is what people remember, and this is what people think that that's a horror genre is, and it's just awful. Yeah, they should just stop doing this. It's bad. I hope yeah. this is the last one. I can't. I I can't. I I mean, I, I struggled to even get through it, and I don't I don't care about the gore. It's very gory, but I wish that there was something else to it mm. because that's the only thing that's going for it. Gotcha. And I don't like I don't care about that. So okay, anyway. that's enough. I don't even want to hear another word. It's terrible. Boo to that one. Terrible. It's on Netflix. Okay. You also <laughs> watched Hollywood Homicide. <laughs> so. What is Hollywood Homicide? It's a movie starring Harrison Ford and Josh Hartnett. They're cops. I Wait. believe you saw this back in the day with me. Wait, in like is it like a new movie? Oh, no. It's from 2004. Oh, okay. Yeah. I was like, this sounds familiar. Yeah. It was a movie that we saw in the theaters that we, I think, both kind of hated. Right? But I, went also, I was on a little right. bit of a mini Josh Hartnett kick because I just had like watched The Faculty as well. And I don't think I ever, like, I thought I'd seen The Faculty until I like fired it up on, Netflix, or on HBO and I was just like... 
oh, I don't think I ever watched this movie. Okay, yeah. <laughs> and it's fine. Like, whatever. It's Invasion of the Body Snatchers. It's fine. Some people love that movie. I thought it was whatever. Okay. But anyway, I was like, Hartnet. Let's keep this Hartnet train going. And I watched this. And I know I had seen you? Hollywood what? Homicide. And I remember, like, reading a couple people, like, saying, like, oh, this movie's better than, like... You, you think? Yeah, like, it was better, like, it was just came out at the wrong time, and... Because they both play cops, but, like, he's trying to be an actor. Hartnett's trying to be an actor. Harrison Ford's just trying... He's a, re- a realtor who's just trying to sell his condo. And then they're also having to deal with a murder. And so they're always getting distracted by, like, phone calls and other stuff that's going on. They're having a chase while he's, like, closing a deal for his house, blah, 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 right? So I tried it again. I still don't think it's very good. Okay. <laughs> That's enough said on that one. Got it. Still terrible. It's fine. I don't know. You did actually watch a new, like, maybe good movie um, that you've been wanting to watch for a while because you keep seeing it pushed at you, uh, Kimmy. Yeah, it came out a couple... Uh, it's only been out a little while, but I yeah. keep, it keeps popping up. It's like the new Steven Soderbergh movie that's just on HBO Max. Um, I'm generally a fan of Soderbergh and all the weird kind of small movies he just keeps making. Um, some of them haven't been great, but um, for the most part, I enjoy them. And this is another one of these like weird kind of small-scale thriller. It stars Zoe Kravitz, who's going to be Catwoman here in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, I like her. She's really good, but it's... They filmed it like kind of during the pandemic, and it actually like factors into the plot. She's like this agoraphobic who has had a past trauma, but then, like, throw pandemic on top of it, and she don't leave her Seattle apartment. She's a person who's, like, a tech support for, like, uh, an Alexa-type device called Kimmy, mm-hmm. where, that, like, you can talk to your smart speaker, and it gives you information. Well, she, so she listens through, like, faulty recordings to try to, like, fix errors, right? Well, she hears a recording that sounds like a murder on the other side. Yikes. And she goes down a rabbit hole to try to figure this out. Eventually, she has to, you know, leave this apartment, in a pandemic world and uh it's uh hard for her (laughs) she tries to solve the crime herself she does but she tries to also like there's in listen there's intrigue like there's something going on at the company i don't want to spoil too much but like there could be some cover-upping going on here okay so she's not able to just like take this information to like her manager or even yeah so there's powers that be are trying to stop her see gotcha it's fun. It's 90 minutes. I connected with the character in what? terms of the anxiety of yeah. kind of being around people when you're uncomfortable. Um, yeah, and Zoe Kravitz is really good. Um, I think she's a dynamic presence, and she cool. kind of holds the movie. It's pretty. It's, a lot of it's set in this one very gigantic loft in the Seattle. They, there's a throwaway line about, like, her dad leaving her this, like, commercial space or whatever, but her, it's just Her dead excuse. dad? Uh, I don't remember. Okay. <laughs> anyway, yeah, he's dead. Okay. Because they always are, right? They always gotta um, have a dead parent. It's pretty good. It's for like a small scale Soderbergh uh, kind of little thriller. It it does it gets the job done. It's very much like uh, you know it's clearly riffing on like the conversation and blowout and even a little rear window action. Yeah. But it's like what I like about Soderbergh sometimes is he's got bizarre casting choices too because it's like uh, one neighbor across the way is. Uh, like Devin Latrey, who's um, Buzz from Home Alone. Oh, mm-hmm. and then another guy at the company is uh, that is it something Del Guardio? That's that guy who made that magician. He's a magician that had that yeah. special on Hulu. Yeah, he's just like this corporate guy. Rita Wilson, who you don't see in a lot of movies anymore. She works at the company and she has a sequence. It's just like it's just random. Random. I love it. I like his random casting sometimes. Cool. So, so that's Kimmy, and we can watch that where HBO Max. Okay. Then you watch some other ones. 
<laughs> Rush Hour 3. You're so weird and random, dude. Yeah, it was, uh, yeah, it was another HBO Max. Just saw it on there. You know, I saw Rush Hour, because I really like Rush Hour 1. And I've seen Rush Hour 2 quite a bit, because I liked Rush Hour 1 so much. And then I remember seeing Rush Hour 3 exactly one time and thinking that movie was terrible. I'm like, well, maybe it's not terrible. Maybe I was just, like, not in the mood for it at the time. Because it came out, like, a few years after the first couple Rush Hours, right? And then I watched Rush Hour 3 again, and it sucks pretty much. That's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a bummer, because, you know. It still has some pretty, like, like he's clearly, you know, as Jackie Chan has gotten older, he's not able to do as much. But there's still, like, a couple, like, pretty good sequences. You're just like, ah, Jackie, you're the best. Yeah, so good. And I like Chris Tucker in doses in, in, a, in a certain kind of thing, but he's having to labor throughout this movie. They they didn't give him a script. They just were like, go, Chris Tucker, just do what you can. Mm-hmm. And it ain't working. Mm-hmm. So, no, it's bad. Wow. Okay. Wow. Ka-chow. I haven't really watched anything other than the couple that we watched together. I've been too busy trying to learn Spanish on Duolingo. Uh-huh. However, because I'm trying to do that and always trying to compete with these other people who try to beat me out of first place. Were you watching a Spanish show? Yeah. I'm watching a, a Spanish show set in Spain. It's called uh, Feria, The Darkest Light. You know that's going to be a top-tier show, just, you know, from that title. Well, your, your Spanish is bad because you didn't call the country correctly. It's called España. <laughs> oh, my God. What is that from? Well, that's from Popstar, but I my high school Spanish teacher was a big into the Span the Spain uh, TH, so mm-hmm. we had to do a lot of that, and I could never. I can't roll L's, and I can't do that very well. Yeah, why don't you try to roll a roll an R for us? L- 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 <laughs> <laughs> can't oh do it. God. I'm not trying to be like inappropriate or ins- uh, uh, insensitive. I literally can't do it. Yeah, because there's a guy in the Minnesota Twins whose name is Luis. Or he's uh, I, well, I can't, he has, the rolling of the R's is hard, too. Uh-huh. He's a great, like, he gets on bass like crazy. Luis Arise, right? Arise. Yeah, damn. Arise. See, that's good. That's how you say his Arise. name. But I just call him Arise because I can't Arise. do the roll. But he's cool. And you're not cool. What I like about Louis Arise, say his name Arise. Again, he's a guy that, like, sometimes when he's at the plate, because he's, he's got, he's like, doesn't have a lot of power. Uh-huh. And I know it's there's a lockout, but whatever. I'm sad about baseball not being here currently. Uh, he's a guy that, like, he's so... He doesn't have a lot of power, but he's got a, like, good on-base percentage. He has a lot of plate discipline, right? He can mm-hmm. get a lot of walks. So sometimes he can't help himself. I don't think he's being rude, but, like, balls go by, and if it's, like, not a strike and it's, like, outside the corner, he just, like, shakes his head. Like, on TV, the pitcher's oh, like, nope. Oh, that's aggressive. Nope. He's not doing it aggressively. Like, it's he's, he's just telling himself, head. like, nope, don't swing that's at that. That's not the one I want. Nope, yep. nope. Sometimes he looks to the dugout and does the same thing. He's just like... I'm not swinging. I'm yeah. not swinging. Anyway, his knees are bad, though, so I don't know. Aww. Might trade him. I don't know. Poor Arise. Damn it. Bean, you're mocking me now. So that's what we've been watching recently. Not baseball. No, not baseball. Mm-hmm. Are you ready to get into your... What was the show called? <laughs> I, was, I forgot. I lost track of what you said. Oh, it's called F- Feria, The Darkest Light. Oh. It is a fucked up show. Is it like a like a soapy kind of show? Or no, what? it's like a sci-fi show where oh. like there's like a cult and mm-hmm. these parents um, are involved in the cult, and then there's like this mine, and under the mine there's like this creature thing that takes over people's bodies, and they're basically maybe demons. But anyway, a bunch of people killed themselves in the beginning of the show, and then it's like the mystery of like the the detectives trying to solve that of like solve it. of the cult, and then the the daughter's getting sucked into the cult, but oh. they they actually have this like CG looking like chameleon lizard thing that like crawls into people's mouths and like it's pretty pretty good graphics but uh i i switch between listening to it in spanish with 
because I, I, I don't like listening to dubbed shows. So I like to listen to it in its recorded language mm-hmm. and then turn the English subtitles on. But sometimes if I don't want to watch, read nonstop, I'll put the English dub on and then put the Spanish subtitles on. I'm going to learn the Spanish. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be able to speak at least 10 words. Oh, good. At least. Anyway. You've been talking about hamburguesas a lot during the Hamburguesa. Mm-hmm. Yeah, una hamburguesa. Yeah, that's like I like how they give you a bunch of words that are just like they sound really close to the English version. Yeah, they're so, like you know Spanish, you know like, all the words that like, are English. Good job, good job, people. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Yeah, or yeah. Taxi. That was another one I heard. You was like, oh, taxi. Good, good job. You learned the Spanish mm-hmm. word for taxi. Encaro for car. <laughs> car yeah. It's basically caro. <laughs> I've had. It's embarrassing how much Spanish I've been taught. And how little I've retained. Mm-hmm. It's embarrassing. Two years in high school, a year in college. The, the year in college ended up being like reverting back, though. Like it was like I didn't like take because I took like a two year gap between taking Spanish in high school before. Yeah, it was like four, three years because I didn't do it until like a sophomore or junior year yeah. of college. So like I was like, well, I got to just start over. So yeah. then I basically did the same thing again. And it's just like, all right. Yeah, I had I- to do one semester where in college where the teacher she just was. She did that thing where she don't talk in English, yeah. and that was a f- son of a bitch. <laughs> I had that too, and I had him for two semesters, and he refused to speak English, and it was, it was tough. fucking ridiculous because it nobody could fucking understand anything. We did watch a lot of um, uh, Pedro Almodovar movies in there, though. What? And there were subtitles on that, and I was like, oh, I, I never I get to, to watch, watch Pedro Almodovar movies in college. You had to watch movies. Yeah. What the fuck? I got screwed. Uh, but also, obviously, didn't learn much. Although, well, look at my liberal arts degree. Look what it's gotten me. This podcast. Yeah, I'm crushing it. Thanks. Degree. Which I don't speak Spanish. But you could. Oh, you could if you if you wanted to. Lo siento. Lo siento. You can say movie in Spanish. Película. You knew that word. You you've known more than I thought you would. So. Yeah, I know some words, but you know. I've tried to bully you into into doing Duolingo with me, and you refuse. I don't like being told what to do. You're such a dick. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> You will basically sit there and, uh-huh. like, answer and repeat and, like, say the things, but you won't actually fucking do it. You're such... Just because I want you to. Yeah. It's so mean. <laughs> it's not mean. I just don't want... Yeah, I don't no, like it's mean. Do. No, it's mean. You're mean. I just don't want to do it. <laughs> but you're doing it. Yeah, it's fun when I'm, like, on the sidelines doing it. Meanwhile, you'll download whatever fucking dumb game on your phone and do that for hours. It's better than reading the news. <laughs> God, Tyler. Anyway... That's what we've been watching. Okay. Peacemaker on HBO Max. Kimmy. HBO Max. I want you back. Amazon. Marry me. I'm going to watch that, by the way. <laughs> Peacock. Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Skip that shit. Netflix. Hollywood Homicide. You're so weird. HBO that you Max. That. It might have been. See, this is, a few of these might have been like expiring titles. That's why I was like, Hollywood Homicide goes away tomorrow. I better Rush watch it. Rush Hour 3. And that was HBO as well. Okay. I and watched a lot of HBO. You know, I was thinking about once, once The Matrix was done, that was going to be the last of their day and date theatrical mm-hmm. ones. And I was like, well, I can finally get rid of HBO. But I was like, this is the one I watch more than any of the other ones. Yeah. It's weird. I need to go back and I watch that, that. Uh, Raised by Wolves season two now. Oh, that's it on there. Out. Yep, it is. Okay. All right, let's get into it. Mm-hmm. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. So... For the people out there that don't know me, I'm a big Ninja Turtles guy. What? On our website, there is this subcategory called, like, Turtle Talk Live. That's with my friend Sean, but ever since the pandemic, we haven't really done it. Sorry. 
hey, at least we're doing this podcast, right? There you go. Um, so, you know, I love the Turtles. I kept most of my action figures from when I was little. Um, added quite a few more as there's been new uh, uh, iterations. You were um, a big part of my collection. This is what's weird, right? Usually when you're like a toy guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's lame, right? Is it? <laughs> well, I think it's it's Lame fine. to who? It's more... Um, accepted now i think nerd culture is more acceptable now yeah, than, than it, was. it was 20 years ago yeah but like what i remember when it was 20 years ago when the then the 2003 turtle series came on and it mm-hmm. was very comic book accurate to the old comics and so i was like really into you it. you were super into it i thought it was great i just thought it was great that they were doing it right and and i watched all those with you yeah you did and so what was great about that was like they had like figures and stuff out and I was just like, Oh man, those are cool. I'm glad they got the turtles are back and you're just like, You should get that one. Yeah. And I was like, Get that Raphael, why not? And I was like, All right. And then like you were the one who yep. kept encouraging me, was like, Oh, you should yeah. get that. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. You that should it, get that. That impulsive ADHD was bearing its head right and then, then like, wasn't it? For holidays and birthdays, you're just loading <laughs> me up with stuff. And so the, to, to, it comes to the point where it's just like, Okay, I guess I'm just collecting this entire line. You're like, Yep. And that became a thing. And then I, yeah. you know, went back and I would go get some of the like little ones that I didn't have when I was a kid because I didn't in college I didn't have any of this stuff right until yeah. we had a bigger place and then I would go I got my stuff from my parents house eventually you know yeah. so you know it became a thing again where I was a collector of turtles yeah. and that was kind of the anchor of my collecting was Ninja Turtles because it was my favorite show as a kid and it's so funny when when people see your collection and they'll turn to me and be like oh my god like how do you like deal with this and I'm like I'm responsible for most like not most of this now but for the original collection so yeah no yeah. well I don't judge it you're an encourager though because yeah. you're just like even with the Funko Pops you're just like yeah you should, oh that one's cool oh that one's good I like that one and you're like you but now get that you're one. out of space so now yeah. I'm like if you bring some in you've got to take some out which you have yet to do yeah well and we're all what are you gonna do we're looking around this room just like <laughs> holy shit but anyway, I was a fan of Ninja Turtles when I was young, the original series. Um, I was a Ninja Turtle for Halloween. I loved it, right? It was my thing as a mm-hmm. kid. And so um, it got resurged in college. And then the Nickelodeon series, I think, is very good. And I watched all that. And so I'm a big Ninja Turtle guy. Not a big fan of those uh, Michael Bay produced movies that came out more recently. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I have seen... A lot of Ninja Turtles, and I've especially seen these three original movies. Uh, oh my God, so many, Too many times. times to count. VHS tapes. I feel like the the first Ninja Turtles movie, I had to get a second Ninja a tape of no, VHS because I had worn be the right. other one down so much. Um, yeah, and I have a memory of going to see. I don't have a memory of going to see this first movie, 1990. Um, Makes sense. You're pretty young. I was pretty young, but I saw it in the theater, and I have one memory of that night, is that my brother, who's eight years older than me, uh, was kind of at the front door when we came in. My mom had taken me to the movie, and he made a comment. I was like, oh, how was the movie? And I... I took oh, that. Yeah. I, as, I remember the story now. I took that as some kind of threat or some kind of like comment. he was digging. It was a dig. Yeah, he was digging at you. So I just dropped down. I went to the floor and I like drop roundhouse kicked his leg and I went ah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it. I was wearing like a boot, so it hurt him. <laughs> and my mom was pretty mad at me, but I was like, well, 
That's what you get when you take a kid to a violent uh, yeah, turtle movie. Fuck him, he deserved it. Oh, he you know he it. was saying that to be an asshole. Oh, totally, right? He had it coming. Joke's on him. Yeah. Guess what's going to be on in the fucking background of this house for the next, the rest of the remainder of your childhood yeah. in this house? Ninja Turtles constantly, so <laughs> suck it. <laughs> so I remember that. I'm sure I saw this one a, a couple different times. When do you think that you saw this 1990 version of Ninja Turtles God, first? I have no idea, because um, my siblings weren't into Ninja Turtles. I was not into Ninja Turtles. My younger cousins are into Ninja Turtles. They were. But they're significantly younger. They're four and six years younger than me. Yeah. So they weren't even really born yet when this came out. No, they weren't. I mean, like they were two years old, maybe. But I remember because your cousins have, like, since, like, they found, like, when they were moved, like, this has been years ago now, when they moved out of their mom's house, they, like, found some turtles and they're like, oh, do you want any of these? And I was just like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so they had, like, turtle toys and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I so remember playing it. Ninja Turtles with them with so the toys and stuff. I feel like stuff. you probably, the first time you probably saw that movie was probably with them, like, on video. Probably. Right? Yeah, we definitely not in the theater. Do you have a memory of when you and I, okay, so... Yes. You, you have, in our first year of college when you met me, mm-hmm. not only did you meet me, you also met um, Sean, who's been on the podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, one of my roommates was uh, Jeremy, all of which we were grew up as Ninja Turtle fans. And so you had this uh, three people who were like, I think you might have made a comment, like, I don't remember those movies, and that was just, like, offensive. You to were me. like, fuck this. And our friend Simon also hadn't seen the movie, yeah. and you were like, you two will watch this. Yeah, so then we ended so up So I have this memory of being in Simon and Sean's side of the dorm room. Yeah. Um, with lights out. Putting playing this on the tiny TV that they had on their side, mm-hmm. um, and me sitting on top of the bunk bed, like so on Sean's bed. Mm-hmm. I don't remember you being there. I just remember watching it. Maybe you were just, like down on a on a beanbag. If it was that sem- first semester, like it was, I did have a lot of like evening classes, so you might have just watched it without me. I but I feel like it was like an assignment. You were like, you will watch yeah, this, must and have been Simon around. will watch this. Like, yeah. Maybe. I feel like what was happening is like you were sitting sort of kitty corner and you were watching Simon and I watch it to make sure we were enjoying it. Well, you guys didn't have smartphones the then. Effect. Well, I mean, there's no smartphones that get distracted at that point. So that was good. But yeah. Still. You wanted to watch us though. And you wanted us to be able to see you so we could hear all your comments and your predictive dialogue. Like you like to say things before the characters say them. And you still did that on this one. I did that because of our kids. Yeah. Yeah. Because it freaks our uh, oldest daughter out when she's just like, how, wh- how, what, how did you, why are you doing that? How did that? you know that guy would say that? It's just like, how do you know about everything that happens in Encanto? Same difference. Exactly. Um, yeah. So, I, I've seen it so many times that I don't, like, need to watch it. To, no. like, know what's going on True. in it, right? For you, yeah. But, like, what, so, I, you know, I'll, I'll hold back here for a minute. What was your thoughts watching this? Because we parked all four of our kids in front of this. We'll talk about the sequels in a little bit here. But um, what was your impression watching it this time and, like, their reaction to it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't remember their reaction to it. Okay, how was your reaction to it? It was fine. There's so many <laughs> weird things about these movies. I got real hung up by that by that turdy kid Danny. In oh, this movie. we can talk about Danny. I just like, I agree. <laughs> ugh. And I don't know. I just kind of like I don't like. I, okay, I don't. I don't know. I don't want to hurt your feelings. So it's just weird. They're like in these not great looking costumes. Okay, but here's the thing. So the costumes, you love all that fucking uh, dark crystal shit. Though. I knew, okay, I don't love dark crystal, and I don't love labyrinths. Okay, I do like yeah. the Labyrinth, but uh-huh. that's David uh-huh. Bowie. I mean, that's a David Bowie factor. He's in, like, 
25% of that movie. The rest and, of it is weird people hot. Muppets. He's hot. But there's okay. Muppets running around. But so it's weird because it's like you can, t- it's just like, I don't know. They're dudes in weird rubber suits. It's with animatronics moving their faces. Yeah. So it's yeah. like, I dig the, um, the show, the animated show. The old one or the, the one that I, the, the 2003 one. Yeah. No, I did not like the old one. It's okay, a little, we can talk about that it's a little like childish. That you can when you watch the old cartoon and I have I it's not as a huge turtle fan I do not watch the old series very much I have a lot of it on DVD and I to me it is very it you can see why kids love it yeah. at the time yeah but it doesn't have a whole lot of um it doesn't hold up in the way that no. like I think the 2003 series and the way that I think the Nickelodeon first series does too and that there's a little bit more on the meat. There's a little bit more meat on the bone in terms of story, and like <laughs> both of those are way more violent. And so, mm-hmm. if you like martial arts fighting and things, as I do, mm-hmm. uh, you can rewatch all that. And it's like, well, they're giving me fights. Uh, the old cartoon, they don't really fight. No. So that's kind of the thing. There's a lot of goofy mutants, and that's fun. But it's not something that, and I like a lot of that. And I like that's why I like the figures and stuff like that because all that's really fun. But like as a story, they don't hold up Mm-mm. the way that like Batman the animated series holds up as like a show. That show is amazing. Because they, they put a lot of effort into, like, that, you know, the quality of storytelling. You know what I mean? The way that Animaniacs is kind of a, a show that, even though the references are dated, can hold up because of its attention to the, the writing. The writing's mm-hmm. just better. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just don't really like these movies. <laughs> I like I like Ninja Turtles. I like the characters. I like the comic books. I like, I like it. I don't like how it shows up in 1990. Okay. I was worried about this a little bit because I feel like the sequels that we watched are clouding no, a little bit of that really first movie. No, they're they're maybe a little bit, but just that all looks weird. And because it's like it's you, and it's also like 1990 New York, but it's like this turtle depiction of New York in 1990. I, I like know. the way, especially in the first movie that New York is depicted. It is grimy and it, it, it is. like it's pre like cleanup of Times Square. True. I'm so I'm gonna push back a little bit on you. It's like if you claim that you think that the comics are good. And that the things that I've shown you that you enjoy, because what I like about the first movie and the, the, why, I, I, why I always defend it as like a good movie mm-hmm. is that it is very, uh, it has a lot of love for the original comics of the Ninja Turtles. It retains a lot of that um, feel, um, the story, a lot of that that's kept in that first version. It is using threads from the comics in the story itself, uh, mostly like, you know, the way that they, you know, come about finding shredder the way that Raphael is attacked on the rooftop in the comics it was leonardo but um that's a very similar process to what happened there april's apartment the first time around antique store getting burned down all this stuff is direct references to the comic the first meeting of Raphael and casey jones is directly from the comics it has so much of this yeah but that's not uh, direct connection checking the boxes isn't enough I think it is, and I think that, like, what I like about this first movie especially is that it does care about these characters. They are treated as real uh, real beings in this world, right? Um, as a person who always loved Raphael as a kid, it was very, it was both simultaneously very confusing to watch the movie after watching the TV show mm-hmm. and not understanding why he was so different. Mm-hmm. Because on the com in the cartoons, the original cartoon series, he's very sarcastic and jokey, mm-hmm. not moody and angry, right? Yeah. Comic Raphael is moody and angry. Yes. And so this is very much a depiction of that, right? 
But as a Raphael fan in general, I'm liking that he gets more of the spotlight in the first part of this movie, mm-hmm. right? He's swearing. He says, damn, mm-hmm. a couple different times. Uh, he's dressing up, disguising, and getting in fights with the Foot Clan and saving April O'Neil. Like, there's just more Raphael thing. There's a great scene in the movie where he goes after being out and Splinter is talking to him and he's getting very emotional about that, um, you know, about his anger and how it's clouding his judgment and all that. Really well done. Fine. Yeah, I'll give you that. And I'll it's give dim you those. and it does, it's it, like the way, the other thing I like about the first movie, I think they, they do a pretty good job of, they know that the, like the puppet aspect of this is like, okay, they know it's like, eh, this might not look great. So we need to like film it. Like it's a lot of dark. It's a lot of stuff in the sewers, not in the daylight a ton toward the end a little bit, but it's not overdone. And especially when you see the sequels and it's just like bright lights, here they are goofing Ooh, around, yeah, you know, that's like true. Making faces, you know what I mean? It's mm-hmm. it's more of a minimalist approach, which is why I like the um, the the first movie quite a bit. Um, I love Casey Jones in this movie. I love uh, the introduction of Shredder as this, as I described to the kids. He, the, the, all the teenagers are stealing shit for the Foot Clan, right? Mm-hmm. And so we see their little hideout. And what? listen, I don't care who you are as a kid. I know there's kids smoking cigarettes in this place, but to me, I'm just like, that place looks cool. There's like a half pipe. There's like arcades or playing pool. I mean, pool. that's true. That's that's like a 1990 kid's dream. I was like, oh man, the Shredder fucking gets it. Like, like, this is how you get machines. kids. Yeah, you want kids to steal wallets? This is amazing. Look at this great place they have, right? But anyway, there's like this overhead shot of the of the Shredder walking through and he calls a meeting and his cape is like dragging against the floor. And I always thought it looked like a big a black paintbrush scraping against the floor. Yeah, front. that's such a weird I love it. memory that you have. I like how Tatsu comes up to him and he like his only job during this meeting is to like flick up his cape over oh his God. spikes on his shoulder. And yeah. it's just like, ooh, he's got spikes on his shoulder. Oh, he's got spiky <laughs> shoulder pads. Oh, He's imposing, right? Mm-hmm. I love that. Um... Yeah, I don't know. Like, I just, I think that it's a good movie. I think that if you take away, like, the Ninja Turtle-ness of it, because I know that that is, like, a joke to a lot of people being like, that couldn't possibly be a good movie made out of Ninja Turtles. Number one, I disagree. There's great storylines in the comics, and there are series that have done it right. But here's an example of a movie that does it right. They tell a story. There's a cohesive story here. The Splinter gets kidnapped. They have okay, to go through that okay, emotional okay, arc. Okay, okay, okay. I will admit that I do think that uh, the second and third one definitely tainted my yes. memory of these, even though it was all over the period of, you know, a few And I was days. worried about this. I said we shouldn't watch these because I knew that, like, what did they do in the sequels? The second one, jokey, especially. Jokey, 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 joke. One joke after another. The second movie dilutes it's even the ninja aspect terrible. of it. And that was the one that I'd probably see. And that's the thing. Like, Secret of the Use is a movie I've probably seen even more than the first Turtle yeah. movie. Because I was at the perfect age, yeah. right? Yeah. And the tape came out, and there was action figures that looked just like the movie, and it was just like a whole thing, right? So I've seen that movie more. But that's the one that, of these three, that I'm just like, Blech. cringy. I can actually get to the third one. We can talk about that. But the second one is like, it dilutes all of the fighting. They're not doing a lot There's of There's no moves. fucking Casey Jones. Casey Jones is gone. They replace him with Kino. Uh, who was a Ernie Reyes Jr. Who was like a stunt double for one of the turtles in the yeah, first movie. Yeah, which is cool, but like yeah. you still could have had Casey Jones. Yeah, not a great uh, thing. They they recast April, which is a a, a, a choice. I don't. I actually like both Aprils, uh Judith Hogue from the first movie, and then 
Paige Turco, who's on a show that you watched a bunch. Um, oh, the hundred. Yeah. yeah, I like them both. Uh, I don't. I don't think I even have a preference over the two. I think they kind of bring a different energy to it. I mm-hmm. like them both. I don't know why they had to recast it. It's a little bit of a hazy uh, piece of information. I'm sure. Because Judah Hogue does a lot of conventions, I'm sure she's told the story to other fans, but I don't know that direct story of like why she wasn't asked back, right? But mm-hmm. um, yeah, I think that that's really good. Alias, I always think I never know how to say this guy's name, and he's a character actor who's been in a ton of stuff since these movies, and he's in the third movie as well. Who plays Casey? It's like Elias Cotius mm-hmm. or Elias Cotius. Sure. He's uh, he's good as Casey. I like that. Um, I don't know, like. The first movie's good. Okay. Right? Fine. Yeah, I guess. I will give you this, though. That fucking Danny kid. Ugh. Jesus Christ. And the boss and the the, the cop guy. Actually, the cop oh, the, guy's fine. The, 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 the cop guy's great because he's, he's just very yelly and yeah. uh, he, he's kind of incompetent. I so like I don't like Danny or his dad who happens to be April's boss. Oh, he's pushy. He, he barges in on her house. In her, her apartment, apartment all the fucking time. Like every morning. Like, he like, even happening? follows her into the bathroom at one point. Yeah. It's just like, can you get the fuck out of my like, space gross this is not a relationship no no i don't even know why he's there in the fucking first place oh to tell her something or whatever and then like fires her over the phone when there's uh and that's just because she's asking questions at city hall or whatever but like no he's too pushy i think the reason he's not her boss in the second movie because he got me too before that ever was a thing because he's clearly like violating her space right yes he, she did get her corner office that she asked for because that appears in the second movie but well, he's gone in he's the next gone. movie so it's like him and danny had to go fuck off um, but Danny, God, Danny sucks. Like, here's a kid who is part of the Foot Clan. He's not a foot soldier, but mm-hmm. he's stealing shit, steals money from April, like, gives that money back at the end. He's like, oh, I owe you this. It's like, no, actually, kid, you owe me a lot more than 20 bucks you stole off me because you told the Foot Clan where I fucking live. And they and that the turtles burned were there. down my fucking... My entire <laughs> building was burned down because <laughs> of your stupid ass. So here, thanks for the $20. <clears throat> Fuck off. Yeah. And they even, like, let... Then, like... Oh, this kid, this fucking kid. Yeah. Because then, like, later after they go back from the farmhouse to run away and hide, right? Because mm-hmm. the Foot Clan burned down our goddamn place. Yep. Farmhouse is also very comic accurate. Yes. Um, they go back to their old lair. Maybe not a great idea because they know it's been, like, ransacked by the foot. Yeah. Um, but here he is staying there, and they don't even, like, fucking you... ask him questions. Yeah, he's never been there. They just know because he knows the foot. The foot followed the other players, yeah, but, so he knows But at that point, is. they don't know he's part of the foot. They don't know that, but he is, and therefore but the whole foot clan. That's knows what I'm where saying. He is. But there's no. It's so. It's. How are they not like? Why the fuck are you here? You don't know about this place. The only one who's even remotely suspicious is Casey, who doesn't want to sleep underground. Because uh, he's, you know, doesn't like Because he's a fucking area. human. He's a human being, right? April's <laughs> way too comfortable down there, it seems like. So he's the only reason anything happens, because he follows Danny to the hideout to go find Splinter, right? It's like, he's getting advice from Splinter. Oh, good job. He helped Splinter off the shackles. Like, fuck you. You, like, are the reason you got kidnapped in the first place. Mm-hmm. He nearly died being strung up. You burned down April's apartment. Raphael almost fucking died. And you know what, by the way? I feel like I'm going to preemptively talk a little bit about this because I think a lot of ra- people that are anti-Raph give him a lot of shit for letting the Foot Clan follow him to the hideout in the mm-hmm. first place to know where they are. Listen, no. You're April like- was getting attacked. 
she was going to get killed in that subway. He rescued her, but there was more people coming. He knew he had to take care of her and get her to safety as fast as possible. He didn't really have a choice. There's nowhere else that he can go Mm -hmm. uh, without, you know, causing her danger. So he, she, he had to go. Like, so the fact that that, I don't blame that on him. I think he did the right thing in bringing April to the, to the place. Furthermore, I like this little change in the movie versus the comics. Mm -hmm. In the comics, it's very much like Splinter is avenging his master's death, right? And for people who are uninitiated with the Turtles, like the cartoon series made Hamada Yoshi mutate into Splinter. In the comics, no, Splinter was always a rat. He was the pet of Hamada Yoshi. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, they retain that that storyline. And I know that doesn't make a lot of sense, but whatever. It's fine. It's part of the comics. So in the comics, like it's very much like the involvement. The reason that April gets involved is like, number one, she's a lab assistant, not a reporter to Baxter Stockman. She gets chased by Mausers. It's a whole fucking thing, mm-hmm. right? Well, and it's kind of the turtles who, because they have to go and stay with her, they kind of, the turtles kind of lead the foot clan to her place and they're kind of responsible for like the bad shit that happens to her place, right? In this Mm -hmm. version, I like this change. She's a reporter. She does a little, she's got the little yellow uh, jacket at the beginning, which I appreciate. It's just (laughs) enough without being obnoxious, right? Mm -hmm. Um, It's her reporting on the foot clan that kind of causes the, gets the attention on her. She's the reason why the turtles are involved. She's the reason why, I mean, it's Danny's fault, but like it's those events that are leading to uh, the turtles being involved and the turtles like having this problem. And Splinter is only just thing to think. They never even find out. Shredder doesn't even find out Splinter is related to Hamada Yoshi until the end when Splinter reveals it. Yeah. And so I like that change because it just like it, I don't know. Because if if you were a friend, if you were a friend of these mutant uh, turtles, like these these things that you just found a sewer, and yes, they rescued you from uh, Bowser's. You know, you were gonna get murdered by your boss. That's bad. But like, if they continuously cause all these problems, like the Foot Clan's destroying your house, don't you have to like fucking peace out a little bit on this friendship? Yes. Like, yes. I listen, guys. Thank you for saving me, but your lifestyle does not fit my lifestyle. You're in a war with another ninja faction. I can't get involved in this. Yeah, she's Please not let good me go at back setting boundaries. Life. Yeah, yeah. So I like that they're kind of like there to help her, and she's the one who's kind of caused this uh, this strife, right? That's a good thing about having her be a reporter. So I like that. I know I could just, I see, if you let me, I could just go down little rabbit holes just like, like just all I, over the place. I know you I can. I could talk about every corner of this movie in a lot of different ways. In, in, in an effort to defend that there's a lot of nuance, a lot of depth, a lot of uh, awesomeness mm-hmm. in this thing. I think the fights are pretty good. Why are you why are you posturing the way you're posturing? When because you say I don't that? like how you said you didn't like this movie. I think the fight's pretty good. The fights, uh, the fight on the rooftop with Raphael before he gets uh, ransacked, the fire and what they get to do in the apartment, and then I think the whole sequence at the end when they're like riding the skateboard through the sewers and Donatello's knocking people out and they're on the streets and they're going up and then they're having to fight Shredder. Yeah, all that shit's that's, good. That that yeah, I'll give you that. You yeah. Gonna, yeah. 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 So you're you're admitting that this is one of the greatest movies ever made. Well, I wouldn't go that far, but I would say that it's 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 good if you're a turtle fan. You don't need that modifier. Go back. I think you you're do. You're almost there. You're almost there. Like almost if, there. if I wasn't into turtles, it's I wouldn't enjoy the movie. It is. It's oddly not. What I like about it too is it is oddly not dependent on being a kid movie. It doesn't care about. It is. It's PG, right? Mm-hmm. But it's not like actively trying to be a kids movie. I don't know that kid hangout place was pretty cool. That's cool, but like it's <laughs> not it's not over like in the way the sequels are overtly oh, like my this God. is a kids movie. They're this like, is what the cartoon is. It's not it's right. That's what I mean. Yes. And what's crazy about the movie too is that like 
it was it, the movie was a gamble too. I mean, it was not something that was guaranteed to do anything. A lot of studios, ref- like after they made it, it was for a while like the most highest grossing independent movie of all time, right? Because a lot of studios were worried about like putting it out. They didn't want to distribute it because they thought like, what the fuck? No one's gonna like the Masters of the Universe movie didn't do well. Like they were nervous. Like okay, yeah, it's a cartoon that people like, but mm-hmm. like there's no way that this is gonna work and people are gonna go. Well, the movie came out right at the height of the popularity of the show and it was a huge hit. So. It's kind of a crazy story how that happened. Um, what do you think about... <laughs> I do want to ask you about this, because what do you think about the vocal work in this one and maybe the other ones? Because you have Corey Feldman doing Donatello in this one. He's not in the sequel, I think because he was maybe arrested around the time oh, that that probably. one was supposed to be Poor done. Guy, yeah. But then he comes back to the third one, right? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Because you're a Donatello person. As a, a Turtles kind of fan... You're a Donatello person. I am. I don't like any of the voices in any of these movies. <laughs> I think it's probably because I watched all the 2003 series, so like, I like I grew to like those voices. Did you like the Nickelodeon? Because ones? I felt like they matched the personalities and of the characters. And I did. I just. I these were all like we're kind of goofy, and I don't know. They all just. I don't fucking know. Well, the Raphael is. Um, the the 2003 series Raphael is very New Yorker, mm-hmm. like it doesn't sound like a teenager, and I feel like that is one thing that is kind of connecting the two. Like mm-hmm. the Raphael is very similar to me in that that series, and then for the Nickelodeon series, they got Sean Astin to do Raphael, which is fine, but it's like it's definitely like softened, right? It's yeah. not not the same like severe New. No, Yorker, I want the severe gruff. New Yorker gruff voice. <laughs> well, that's what he is it. kind of in this movie. He goes damn. A I lost a sigh. I lost a sigh. I guess I'm just, I mean, they are teenagers. So I, I think that like, I want to forget that. And I do think that this movie did a good job of like, of like capturing that they're like very new to fighting. Cause I think I've watched so much turtle stuff that I'm like, why are they so stupid about some of the ways they're fighting? And then you were like, they like, this is their first real fight. They said like, yeah. And I was like, okay, I get, okay. Like I'm expecting like, oh, we have a hundred episodes of them doing things. So they're like quite skilled. No, they're just like these ch- children. Yeah, they're not very good at what they're doing. So the voices and they're match. people in costumes doing yeah. like that's the thing. Like this was not easy to shoot. Like no. all this action. It's incredible right? that they they pulled. That's it the off. thing I want to listen. You're kind of given the 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 style of the suit some shit, but like you like you give credit to all the work that's in like the Dark Crystal. No, and I Labyrinth. agree. It is a lot. There's of There's a work. lot of stuff that they have to do to get this to even like work even a little bit yeah, to have you believe that these are it's, things. It's good. It's just yeah. maybe not my favorite thing and that's okay it could be not my favorite thing. now what i what i appreciated about um showing our kids is that um I, the, for the first movie especially it went over really well they mm-hmm. all really liked the story in yeah. the movie and that's yeah. always a variation you know you never know mm-hmm. especially with our oldest who's not necessarily into fighting stuff mm-hmm. but she liked this first one quite a bit they did watch the other two i feel like we probably lost a, lost them a little bit on the sequels a little bit but um no, I think like the first movie held up well, like because I think partly it's not like talking down to them. I think it's trying to just be its own thing, and they accept it for what it is. Mm-hmm. And I it like that. It was impressive how many like adult geared jokes there were. Well, that's a thing, and it almost gets worse in the sequels. There's a lot of references to like things that kids don't know. But I mean, I guess Animaniacs is that way too, right? But like but, intentionally. So it's, it was. It's a little odd in this. Well, one. even in this one, like yeah. Michelangelo is like doing impressions of like Rocky. You know, it's just like, Cagney. Like these aren't things that kids know, no. right? Um, there isn't a lot of problematic stuff in the movie, surprisingly, other than like one comment that I actually kind of thought was uh, 
a funny delivery. It's it's homophobic, but it was just like I don't even know what he said. But Casey's like, I never even looked at another man like that. He got offended. Oh, because he said uh, one of them. Be- be- You're an agoraphobic was... or no uh, claustrophobic? Yeah. You're a claustrophobic. He's like, I've never even looked like an- looked at another man like that. Homophobic, but like kind of funny because he's an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was that was funny. That's the only thing that, other than like there's a couple kids smoking cigarettes. At oh, that and they're all up. wanting all the turtles are wanting to bang April O'Neil. That's a little well, that's problematic. A ongoing... That's an ongoing issue with all of these movies going even through the ones that just came out. They all just want to, like, openly bang her. Well, the biggest... Yeah. I mean, I think it's okay that they think... They're teenagers and they think that she's attractive. Because they are humanoids and therefore they find humans attractive. And so immature... That's their reaction, right? Yeah. It's just that, like, when it is it is a kid's property, so, like, for example, in Turtles 3, when two of them do a reference to Wayne's World and the Shawing thing, something that, as a kid, I didn't really understand what that was until much later. Yep. There's that, but then, like, that's, they still haven't done that, because later, in, when Megan Fox is April O'Neil in the ter- first of the reboot movies, like, Michelangelo, like, sees her and goes, oh, I think I just felt my shell tightening. Yeah, what the fuck? <laughs> not, co- not, not okay. So it goes too far. But then, like, even the, Nick- the Nickelodeon animated series, and a lot of people have an issue with this, Donatello is in love with April O'Neil, like, hardcore the whole time. But um, the show kind of acknowledges a little bit, like, it because, like, even later in that show... Uh, there's a there's a sequence where oh it I actually kind of and this is another deep, it's just an aside, a deep dive inside by sorry, but when they get sent they go to Northampton like on that you know the, the show is like slowed down obviously of events but like there's a whole season where they're on the farmhouse yeah or half season yeah I've seen a lot of those. and they're coming across uh, monsters very because it's a very like horror and monster centric show mm-hmm. which I like about it too but like there's a Bigfoot in there and the joke of that episode is that Bigfoot is um a female bigfoot mm-hmm. and the big big the female bigfoot is like uh, obsessed with donatello yes and he's losing his mind about it and Raphael is just like gee i wonder i wonder if i wonder how april feels like and it, like <laughs> brings us up and then like even like later in that thing is just like why do you keep doing this with april like you, this is not a thing that's going to happen like you are not the same species mm-hmm. <laughs> like not really mm-hmm. and she's not into you so there's like an acknowledgement there which i i think is important it is weird but like at least that show tried to explain it and explain that there are teenagers and i don't know when it's just like this casual reference to like banging april that's mm-hmm. weird that's when it's just like okay well i can see that you're like a teenager attracted to another person, but, like, when you're making sex comments in the kids' show, that's weird. Agreed. Anyway, that's okay. a whole other aside. I would like to challenge you to a little turtle trivia if you're up for it. Okay. Is this going to be related to what? I don't know. You just tell me. <sighs> okay. Let's Random get... Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle trivia. Okay. And then we'll touch briefly on those sequels. Are you ready? Yeah. Let's see what you really know. Okay. Okay. I don't know if this is a... We'll just see. Uh, we'll just see what happens here. I feel like I'm going to take issue with something in the. Oh, you most quiz. definitely are. Okay, <laughs> what sport did the turtles hang out in the rafters of a stadium to watch? In what show? I don't know. I don't know. What is the reference to? I don't know. Oh, that's in the. Oh, okay, that is in the <laughs> new Michael Bayish movies, and I feel like it's basketball. It's at the garden. Yeah, Madison Scare Garden. It's basketball. If these are going to be questions about those fucking movies, I don't know. Okay, I don't know. I just picked something, okay? Yeah. Okay. Yeodel, the warrior king who served as the villain in the movie, was from which ancient culture? That is from TMNT, the animated movie that is in canon with these other three movies. Uh, Mayan? Aztec. 
Oh, close, right? Oh, I could have given you options. Sorry. Oh. Okay, uh, next one. When the turtles are first shown, what movie is this about? It keeps saying in the it film. It jumps around. What are they doing? That's stupid. What this film? is stupid. I don't know. Give me a better quiz than this. I got to find something better. This is <laughs> terrible, terrible, terrible. Okay, so let's talk about Secret of the Ooze a little bit, just for a, 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 a hot minute. Oh, God, it's terrible. I don't even want to talk about it. Uh, it's so goofy, and there's no weapons, and there's no actual fighting. There is some fighting, and but no it's Casey only... there's no Casey Jones. Now, it's like the fighting is like ba-boing. The only, per- the only uh, turtle that's allowed to use his weapon is Donatello because it's a stick. And so he's the only one that actually like, lands any punches on anybody. There is some kicking because Raphael has to fight off the Foot Clan again. There's a lot of re-threading going on here from the first movie just with Kino involved. But yeah, like that opening sequence, like Michelangelo is allowed to use like sausages strung up mm-hmm. instead of nunchucks. It's so stupid. Yeah. I can't, I can't, Tyler. It's not very good. The thing about Toka and Razar is, and I, I've, I've never confirmed this, but like a lot of people, especially me at that age, was just like, why, did, if they're doing two mutant adversaries, why didn't they do Bebop and Rocksteady? And the only thing I've seen kind of briefly is that like Eastman and Lair didn't want Bebop and Rock. Because like the comic people... The creators of the comics, they didn't necessarily love the animated series and what it became, like mm-hmm. Mutant of the Week craziness. That's why 2003 is very light on mutants, mm-hmm. right? Um, there's other space aliens and stuff, right? But for whatever reason, they didn't like a lot of that. And so I think maybe they had some say on what happened in the movie, and therefore they did not want Bebop and Rocksteady. So then they ended up making, like, two late, late, like, lamer characters yeah. in Toka and Razar. They don't get to do a whole lot. Um, yeah, it's just a... It's a goofier, it's definitely, like, more in the spirit of, like, this is the kids love the show, mm-hmm. we need to give them more of that. And unfortunately, just like that show, it doesn't hold up as well as, like, a as its own story. Um, I will say, I was also, this was a point of contention for me, because I saw Seeker the Ooze first, mm-hmm. and they call it TGRI, where the Ooze comes from, when in the comics it's TCRI, because the C stands for Cosmic. Ugh. That was very frustrating to me. Like when I discovered that as like an older person, I was like, "Why the fuck they changed that? Like, just make it. Can't you make your acronym be the same thing? Why did you change it to from a C to a G? Jesus! Like, just figure out another word it could be that's a C. That's one comment I have. Um, obviously, I have questions about Super Shredder and how he had a vial of ooze at the end, and he turns into Super Shredder, which just seems to only mutate his costume. Mm-hmm. What's that about? I don't know. You tell me, Tyler. I also did a fun thing with our kids when... uh, See, we don't have to talk about this movie that much. But um, when they... (laughs) There's two things that I I, wanted to... First of all, I wanted to recite the entire um, (laughs) sequence where they have to go and rescue Raphael at the junkyard. And Mm -hmm. when they say, like, oh, it's a little too quiet. That was Mm -hmm. easy. A little too easy. Mm -hmm. It's like, oh, there's Raph. He's like, yeah, a little too Raph. (laughs) And I made uh, our 10-year-old lose her mind over Mm -hmm. just getting that entire scene Mm -hmm. correct before she saw it. Um, But then I also did a thing where we kind of, like, pause the movie or stop for a second right before uh, the appearance of Villain. Well, before even that, like, they're they're getting the donuts with the retro mutagen to try to turn back Toka and Razar, right? Right. And I stopped and I said, like... I will I will give you guys a hundred dollars if you can predict what's gonna happen next in this movie. Oh my god. Like if you could just tell me what they're what's gonna happen next in this fight. And of course, they didn't know because why would you ever predict that they would barge into a concert in which I mean they don't need to know who vanilla ice is, but 
a man who's on stage sees them and comes up with a rap on the fly to like explain the fight that's going on in the club while they're fighting off these people and then the turtles uh, decide to dance alongside with them and then even go on stage at the end to dance with Vanilla Ice. I do remember watching this with you for the first time and you were so pumped for this to, sh- to have me experience I, this. Because it's fun because you're just like, there's cause maybe you didn't see the sequel, that's uh, the thing. Wh- or didn't remember, you know me. And you're just like, how do you not know? Because you did you know what Ninja Rap was before you watched it? Sure, probably not. It's just like there's no way you could explain to someone that this was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Like, and nor would you believe it, nor should you believe it. Why would this happen? Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of turtle fans of this of my age appreciate that for its insanity. As someone who doesn't really like Vanilla Ice, um, I have never understood it. I don't think I really liked it as a kid. Um, I really don't like it now. But it's just I don't know. Absurd. I think you do like it. I think you did like it. <sighs> I don't know. You're the one who's seen Vanilla Ice in concert, so tell me that. Why are, Why did you see Vanilla Ice in concert? That's what I want to know. It wasn't Vanilla Recently, Ice. Recently. You went to this, the 90s. like, 2018. It was themed the 90s. So Hip- who did you go to? You went to see Tone Loke? Is that what you're telling me? <laughs> you're such a You dick. don't even know who you went to see! Salt and Pepper were you there. You wanted to see Salt and Pepper. Yeah. But wasn't Vanilla Ice like the headliner? He was part of it, and it, the performance was terrible. And we had to wait like 15, 20 minutes for him to set his shit up after like everyone else had already performed. Like Salt and Pepper were earlier. Yeah. And they did. Who had more time on stage? I don't fucking remember. It's too long ago. It was literally like maybe four years ago. It at was most. like six years ago. It was like four years ago at most. Three years ago was the beginning of the pandemic. I don't even know what time is anymore. Okay, and I've been not working with the people I went with for a while. You can check out of this conversation for the last five minutes. That's not true. (laughs) I've been trying to find you a fun pop quiz, but we obviously need to create one because there isn't any. Let's make a Kahoot of it. Yes. Ooh, maybe I should go see if there's a Kahoot. (laughs) You should. You should go see a Kahoot. Now, uh, if you want in-depth thoughts of mine mm-hmm. on Ninja Turtles 3 which has now been weirdly subtitled Turtles in Time on a lot of materials including Netflix uh, we do have an episode of Turtle Talk Live one of only like 8 episodes of that show on our website but anyway I will say that number 3 was not successful it was panned even more than the sequel was and it didn't it came out a little bit late in the Turtles uh high popularity of being on television, right? It kind of was maxing out. It, Secret of the Use came out at the perfect time. This, The third movie came out not... It was kind of at the tail end of it, right? Mm-hmm. And it is um, not the same... Anim- like, uh, the, the Winston... Uh, not st- the Henson studio worked on the first two movies, um, and then they... I think because they were looking for more functionality in the suits. Yes. There's a big difference. They did a redesign, Mm -hmm. but the faces are uh, far worse, cheaper. Splinter doesn't even, like, it's just an above the... uh, The Splinter, it was a big fail. Yeah, it's terrible, right? Um, So the movie gets a lot of shit for that. There's no Shredder. There's Mm -hmm. no previous real connection to the other two movies other than it's the same Turtles. Casey Jones does come back. Um, it gets muddled a little bit in terms of him being having a dual role in the movie. Um, but I have always been, uh, and I still am, uh, a slight defender of Turtles 3. In that, I will say, the script is really bad. The jokes are really bad. It's a lot of, like, line-a-minute, line-a-rama nonsense, right? Mm-hmm. But. Oh, I like number three. Okay, you do like Like three. a lot. 
I mean, when I consider how much I, I, you know, it's it's not like a great movie and all that jazz. But right. No, it has a lot of things that I enjoy. Uh, time travel. Correct. So, yep, I'm I'm here for that. Feudal Japan. Yeah. Uh, and it, and because they're in these more movable suits, there's a lot more martial arts. A lot more fighting. And Absolutely. I, I'm here for that. Yeah, totally. That's it. That's all I needed. Those two things. <laughs> I'm pretty, my, my bar is pretty low for an internal <laughs> success, too. If I get a lot of fighting in, I'm like, well, the script was bad. The but fighting's great. That's the problem in those new Michael Bay movies. There's not a lot of fighting in them and I'm just like why didn't you just put more fighting in this I would be into it more um because I can I can put up with a lot of shit when I when when you're a homer for a certain Mm -hmm. uh franchise or characters you can tolerate a lot of bullshit as long as they give you like well if they're doing cool martial arts then like I can put aside the rest of it but when you don't do that then I'm like I'm kind of out when they're just like bullets are bouncing off of them and they're like having a a careening sequence down like a mountain for no reason in upper New York state that like drifts right into whatever. Like those movies are ridiculous. We should show them to the kids. No, oh, probably. Uh, um, but I, I, the number three gives you a lot of fighting and it gives you this time travel angle. You get a lot of this Japanese history type of stuff. I mean, it's all like obviously probably not very accurate toward anything, but uh, you get a lot of fighting there. They're wearing cool samurai costumes. I was always a big... See, the thing about Seeker of the Use was that, like, I think I touched on this briefly, but, like, the action figures from Seeker of the Use were really cool because they were, like, rubbery and, like, they looked like the turtles from the... the I mean, kind of like the turtles from the movie, and that mm-hmm. was really exciting as a kid, right? Mm-hmm. But I was even more excited for when the Turtles 3 action figures came out because they were decked out in that samurai guard. Oh, yeah. And those are really cool. That is really cool. And I just thought that was really awesome. I like that. And they wear it for a good, you know, they wear it for a pretty good sequence of the movie where they go and infiltrate the fortress for a little bit. Um, you get a lot of... So Corey Feldman's back doing Donatello. So the thing about Donatello is, in the first movie, his uh, tech aspect is pretty toned down. Yeah. Because it is Corey Feldman doing jokes and they I could see that they were using that. But he is a mechanic. He's able to work on the car. They don't like hide from it, right? They yeah. add more of it into the sequels. And so it is a little weird when it's like Corey Feldman's voice, but he's also like trying to build a new time scepter and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. The time travel in this movie is hilarious because it's like equal mass displacement where one person from the past holding a scepter will switch places with the other person. They have mm-hmm. to be the equal weight but and they'll change clothes, but not undergarments. And if you're holding weapons, apparently you can bring your weapons, but not like, not every like. It's very confusing. Yeah, what the rules? It's not well thought the out. The rules are are. It's only a sixty hour confusing. window. They have to be back before sixty hours, right? Mm-hmm. I kind of wish this movie had the balls to do what the time travel in the comics is, which is like, there's like. It's a, the scepter is like a re, that's a thing that's kind of from the comics, mm-hmm. right? But they're they're like time gods on in our time people, time guardians. And there's a character named Renette who's like this bubbly teenage girl who's like a time guard in training, and she like ropes them into stuff and they go back See, and have adventures. That sounds cool. It's crazy shit, and she yeah. wears this thing. And Michael Andrews is in love with her, like every other. They're always in love with someone, right? Oh, yeah. Um, but that's crazy, right? The people would lose their mind. But, like, is it any more crazy than, like, this weird explanation of just, like, this ancient uh, scepter that turns on? No, and but bye, April. I love and... that. I love that, though. <laughs> Casey comes back to watch the people that replace the turtles, the Japanese guard. Mm-hmm. And so he's got some fun stuff where he's introducing these uh, uh, Japanese warriors to hockey. Yeah, sports I, bar. I think all this comic comedy works. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan I'm, of all uh, this stuff. Yep, I agree. I... I like how the way that they roped uh, 
Cotius back was like, okay, we know that you only have like five pages of this script. So do you want to like play this other guy in the past where it's like people will say like Casey and he's just like, huh? And it, but it has no real relation to him being... Or doesn't. Maybe it's his great, 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 great grandfather. Okay. But, like, he doesn't have any other characteristics of Casey Jones. He's just the same actor. It's very weird. <laughs> oh, he's 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 a guy. He's a guy who, like, turns on them and then, like, decides to do the right thing, I guess. Which is not really what Casey does in the first movie. Like, I know that they're Raph and Casey are adversarial because they disagree with the level of severity of fighting. Uh, of beating on these uh, punks, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But he's never, like... I don't know, out on him. He came to help him even when there was a fire and stuff like that. So, I mean, that's a weird, that's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. I think they just gave it to him for, uh, for fun. Um, Michelangelo kind of falls in love with this lady. That's weird. The movie has a fun little, uh, see what I like about the third one too. Everybody has something to do uh, even more than the other two movies. Raphael, uh, he seemed like he's taking a back seat here, but then he like meets up with this kid uh, at the village that they're helping protect and he has a little relationship with him and he's mm-hmm. a, he wants him to control his anger so he's like imparting the wisdom of Splinter onto him and he has this weird thing where he's like doesn't want him to die and it's like oh man talking about dying okay Michelangelo wants to stay behind starts to fall for this lady even though like he knows that April took the place of her like boyfriend and he's still just oh like God, I think I'll stay around right okay Donatello very instrumental in trying to like figure out the time travel all this you know Donatello becomes, as more people, as more Turtle things, any series goes, like, Donatello is very important. You know, he can't do anything without Donatello. Yeah, they're fucked without they're him. Fucked without, I did, like, the 2003 series where there is, like, a three-episode arc. There's actually two different arcs where mm-hmm. Donatello is either uh, kidnapped by aliens mm-hmm. or turned into a mutant. Mm-hmm. And the other Turtles have to, like, deal with this to, like, shit without him. They have to, out. They have to figure it I out. I love those storylines. Mm-hmm. And they always do a good job of, like, okay, well, we just got to figure this They're shit like, out. like, what would Donnie do? And it's usually just, like, blunt instrument. Like, okay, well, what, what do we do best? Well, we fight people and beat up people pretty well. So that's what mm-hmm. we're going to do. And I like that that's what they have to deal with. Mm-hmm. That's another aside about why the Turtles are awesome. But, um, and then Leonardo has, like, a couple, like, showcasey sequences where he has to face off against uh, the Lord Noriaga and has a little bit more of a leadership role in this one. And so I like that everybody has a little something to do in this movie. Yeah. The jokes are terrible. Yeah, they are. <laughs> but it's fun. I, 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 I Yeah, I, I enjoyed it, actually. The second one I, I actively, like, hated. I like if I just talk a bunch and wear you down, you'll just be like, I like all these movies. I will agree with you eventually. <laughs> it's true. I am, like, I am convincible, unlike you. Okay, I'm so ready. Watch those. I'm ready for your quiz now. Yeah, we're good. Uh, the only thing I wanted to mention real quick was that um, I I knew that Sam Rockwell was oh, yeah, one yeah, of yeah. the um, I was gonna say that. one of the guys in the in one of the goons. He was not quite a foot soldier. He's kind of one of the older like muggers, right? Mm-hmm. And I knew he was in the movie toward the end because Casey Jones like beats up Tatsu and like has a conversation. He's kind of the lead there. I didn't notice him. This is the first time I've really noticed him in a couple scenes before. He's kind of colored throughout the whole movie. Yeah. He's really prominent for a little while. He doesn't really have anything to say until but later. Of the kids. Yeah. Yeah. So he's an Oscar winner, Angie. So if an this Oscar winner's in your movie, start. then You're you know good. that solid. it's a movie. Imagine if he got the part and not like if he was Danny. Oh. Do you think his do you think he wins an Oscar if he plays Danny? No, it's a whole different career trajectory. He's, Let's go see where that is, Danny actor is. You know what I'm saying? Well, I bet you it's just it's like he would have had no career. Yeah, it like, it's a he, terrible he, character. I was like I like, you know, Sam Ryan, He's a good actor. He had a good audition, but man, he was such a fuck in that turtle movie. That I can't fuck. hire that. They're Ugh. gonna, they're gonna remember him. They would, you think they would have had him have red hair? They would have given him red hair, like Danny. Oh God, 
that I'm curious. I don't know. Where's his mom? His mom is the redhead, obviously, because his dad is bald. Doesn't seem like he had any red hints in his hair. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't just, like any of that. Get out of April's bathroom. What the fuck are you doing? It is so creepy. Guy's a creep. He is a creep. Problematic. Big time. Okay, Tyler, I found the best quiz I could find for you. Okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna turn it to you, and if you fail this quiz, I'm gonna laugh my fucking ass off. It is on Nickelodeon, and it's aimed for children. Are you ready? <laughs> okay, here we go. Test your teenage turtle well, trivia. I know, but is it gonna have incorporate Rise of the TMNT? Because I've not seen all those, and oh, it's different. Oh, now you're like making excuses. Well, that's not. I haven't seen all those. Okay. And it's a different What's kind of. What's Mikey's favorite pizza? Type of pizza? From like the show? What's Mikey's favorite type of pizza? Any pizza. Okay, I'll give you three choices. Jelly bean, garbage, or pepperoni. Oh, I think uh, in the Nickelodeon series it's jelly bean. I'm going to go ahead and click jelly bean. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> I, I previously clicked the answer and clicked pepperoni and it was wrong. No, that sounds right. Okay, what's Splinter's human name? Uh, he's mutated in the Nickelodeon series, so he's Himato Yoshi. Okay. I'm going to click Amato Yoshi. Correct. The yeah. other choices were Oroku Saki. That's Shredder. And then the other one I didn't see. What Kingshin. did Slash mutate from? He was a baby. Oh. Well, he, Here's oh. your choices. Oh, Chompy. The, his well, who is Slash? Slash. Well, okay. Slash is a, a character. He's like a a, a snapping, kind of like Toka. Uh, Toka and he's like a snapping turtle. He's from the original cartoon. He's in the comics big time, the Archie comics, which I really like. And then in the Nickelodeon series, he's actually Raphael's pet that gets mutated eventually. Oh, okay. And well, then, then I, I believe Corey then. Feldman voices him oh, in the really? Nickelodeon series. I think it's Corey Feldman. There's a so, lot of notable people. So uh, what did he, sl- he mutate from? He's a turtle. From? He's like a little his, turtle? Yeah. What? Okay, so on Oh, the that's first... Ice Cream Kitty. Oh, yeah. I like Ice Cream And then that's Pigeon Kitty. Pete. Is that Pigeon Pete? Yeah, that's so. Pigeon Pete. Ice Cream Kitty. I'm a fan of the Nickelodeon is, series, is, obviously, too. Is it the farmhouse? And uh, is I don't get it. But I well, remember he was in the freezer. Yeah, he li- well, it's a cat that has to live in the freezer because he's made of ice cream. Yeah, some ice cream kitty. It's he fucking lives weird. He lives at the sewer in the sewer with. Oh, but okay, he, because he goes with them to the farmhouse. In the though. comics, uh, Michelangelo in the Christmas uh, issue, the the one p one scene. Yeah, Michelangelo. I'm gonna guess. The next question is who accidentally created ice cream? Well, I believe kitty. it's probably Michelangelo because it's Michelangelo's pet. Um, but in the original comics, he uh, has like Clonk, uh, I think it's Clonk or Cronk as a, a kitty that he has, and the kitty mm-hmm. goes through the whole series of like, original oh, comics. Okay. So in Nickelodeon, they did a little spin on him. A, little, a, cat. a little homage? Yeah. Oh, well, I think you would probably get this one. This but is it all says, Nickelodeon based. This is drag and drop the headband to the correct turtle. Oh, come on, I don't even need to do this. Oh, but you can't really see who they are, I though. know the animation style. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah. Which one gets this blue one? That one goes right here. Okay, Why? Because he looks like Leonardo. I don't what? Know. How do you just like know the animation? Because that looks—he's got a different style. This is Michelangelo because he's okay. a party dude. Look at that. Yes, he's the party this dude. This is definitely Donatello. Why? It just is. Why? I know what they look like. Who are you? What? They all look the same to me. I would have gotten all those wrong. Oh my god! This is this is a easy. Come on. It this is, is only Nickelodeon. <laughs> hey, you got him all right. Congratulations. Of course I did. All right, next one. Which one of these does not oh, like? Come the on. Other? <laughs> It's like got three pictures of three shutters. Yeah. It's like, which one's not like the other? I'm okay. glad you worked really hard to find okay. this turtle quiz. Listen, clearly I think I could make a killing by just having some good uh, turtle quizzes for yeah, trivia. that's probably true. Yeah. Pretty funny. Okay, last question. Okay. What company spent approximately $20 million promoting their product for in the first movie? Donald? Not in the movie, but like outside marketing. 
It was interesting thing to see that this company had a $20 million advertising campaign with the first TMNT film. Um, What's weird to me is that, like... It's not Domino's. Okay, I know Domino's is in the movie, right? Yeah. But, like, Pizza Hut... It was Pizza Hut. ...had all this tie-in stuff. Yeah. It's so weird that That they do that. That is so weird. So that's my final trivia bit They had a long... They had video cassettes at a Pizza Hut for a while. You know, they had, like, one single episode... And yeah, Pizza Hut is kind of tied to turtle stuff more than. But Domino's is in the fucking movie. Domino's is in the movie. That's what's very weird. What the hell? And then uh, in the sequel, Kino delivers some just random some New pizza. York pizza place. Yeah, yeah. I, I that's know. bizarre. A lot of Twin Towers shot in all three of these movies. Twin Towers. Twin Twin Towers shots in all three of these movies. Yeah. 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 I will also say that um, the TMNT movie from like two thousand seven. Okay. Ish mm-hmm. is animated, but is in continuity with these first three movies. You've there's actually a scene said that. Mm-hmm. where uh, Splinter puts something away on a shelf, and there's these little relics from the previous three movies on there, which is kind of cool. Splinter. Splinter, yeah. He's got like a little like keepsake area, and the turtles are separated after the events of those movies, and Shredder's gone still, and blah blah blah. Mm-hmm, anyway, mm-hmm, and then mm-hmm. the then Nickelodeon bought the series after the 2003 run animated because that was like an independent thing that peter laird made great show recommend it. i think they're all on paramount plus now yeah. if you have paramount plus those are all on there do you have them all in dvd i do <laughs> i do have them all in dvd which was a pain in the ass because they did not put them out like yeah. in a season sets yeah and there was like doubling up on it was a pain in the ass yeah. to get all those episodes i still don't have technically the last season of that show uh back to the series which was after fast forward which is not a very good version of that but that was like a they never put it out on DVD. Luckily, they're like on YouTube, and they're now on. Yeah, but Par- you have Paramount. to think, 2003, we couldn't just go on Amazon. It was like drive around to Walmart and Target and Hastings, oh. and and it was like for a little while the the toys were really popular, but that show didn't necessarily pop. It kind of like hung on, and that's why they had to rebrand the show a couple different times with mm-hmm. Fast Forward, which wasn't very good, and then they went did, did the back to the sewer stuff. But the, the the toys kind of kept the thing afloat. But like getting episodes was difficult, and they only aired like once a week on box or whatever and like it was yeah. hard to watch sometimes and then nickelodeon bought everything and then it that show was relatively successful and the toys were selling really well and that was that's they collected all that on D- i have all that on dvd those are on hulu though i think and i will say that like that show is goofier like that show is a mix of 2003 and the old series and it does like mutants in a fun way that still gives you a lot of the action like the, mm-hmm. our kids have actually seen some of that and like that show mm-hmm. and i would recommend that rise of the tmnt is a whole that was not successful it radically changes them i think it's okay but it's definitely not like uh every, most turtle fans don't like it because yeah. it changes too much and i don't really like the michael bay movies very much what? They're not very good. Oh, shocking. The second one I think is funny because they tried to like pretty they they tried to keep the design style mm-hmm. and keep everything the same but then they're like, "Okay, you guys wanted Krang and you want to be our Rocksteady. Here you go." And then everybody was just like, "Nah, we didn't. Oh, we it regret did, asking for that." It wasn't successful. No one saw it because the first movie wasn't wasn't very good and so when they made a sequel, people were like, "I don't want to go see that." Mm. So, now they're making another one. Seth Rogen is making an animated one. He's not I think he's just, I don't know if he's a writing, I think he's just a producer on it. Seth Rogen and uh, his producing partner. But it's animated, and they just put out a, a concept art of the mm. turtles. They keep putting glasses on Donatello, which I get it, like, he's the smart one, but, like, I don't know, it doesn't look right. 
Yeah. That's my little pet peeve. I, yeah, I agree with that. I've seen some of the stuff with him in glasses, and it looks bad. Like, I get it. Can he, can he be smart without glasses? I don't know. I just don't understand. Like, it just is a weird, it's a weird it's visual. L- it's, like, lazy. Yeah. We're like, let's make this smart when he have glasses. The only thing that's really stuck is that Raphael, since the Michael Bay first movie, has had, like, a full do-rag over his head. Mm-hmm. And I do like that look, and that seems to be, like... That has continued over a couple decades, because that's in Rise, and it's in this concept art, too. Mm-hmm. So they're keeping that, hmm. and I like that. Okay, my final question for you is, if um, a family's not into TMNT, like mm-hmm. you are, mm-hmm. like it's an old, we're, we're talking an old millennial who, who wasn't obsessed to the level you are, mm-hmm. should they share this with their kids, or just let it pass? I think that you could show them the first movie. I think it's a good movie. Uh, I think that if you have even a passing knowledge of the Turtles, it gives you enough information um, you know, with the understanding that obviously it's a movie made in 1990 with uh, puppets and people in suits, but uh, looks good. I would recommend uh, that Nickelodeon series. Uh, I would recommend the 2003 series that's on Paramount. Like, I don't know. There are worse things, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I think the comics have been I don't know. I think they good. turned you into a pretty violent person, as evidenced by you mm-hmm. karate chopping your brother. So I will also say is that um, when the when Nickelodeon bought the franchise, the comics got they went to IDW and they've had a very long run basically since when Nickelodeon bought it and they've kept going mm-hmm. and they're on like 130 issues of mainline. But then there's been all these. other. I mean, there's probably like 300 plus things of turtle stuff. And I will say, for the most part, that series weaves in a lot of both old comics and cartoon series stuff in a really fun way that that like the the, the shows have done too. And I, mm. I I don't know. I think a lot of people are easy, it's easy to dismiss the franchise as being kind of stupid. And there's evidence of it if you go back and watch the old show. Like some of those are pretty stupid. The Secret of the Use, and I know why people don't like the third one. What the Michael Who Bay like the third one. It, well, the look of the turtles for one, and the bad. That's jokes. easy to get past, though. Yeah, I, I, I think so. I think it's underrated. Time travel. It's cool. I mean, come on. And then those Michael Bay movies aren't any good. So yeah. I think in general, people think like, why do they keep rebooting this franchise? Why do they keep like, why like, of all the things, like all the things that we rehash, why is this the thing that keeps going back? Like Texas Chainsaw Massacre. And mm-hmm. like, well, there is a deep bench of good content here. Mm-hmm. Uh, the original comics are not kid focused at all. They're definitely were aimed at an older audience, and there's a lot of material that you can you can mine. And still be fun for kids. Why our kids don't like it that much, I don't understand, and I want them to like it. Are you up on your turtle comics, or do you need to go pick some up? I am. Uh, there's been a ton of delays. I'm, I think I'm only like two issues behind, actually. Okay. Um, and then the last Ronin, which is a big deal, is still that's uh, this mini series in the future where there's only one turtle still alive. I won't spoil who it is. Um, that has been going on for a year and a half. But it's only like four issues, and the final one finally comes out here in a couple months. Ooh. So uh, next question. That's yep. not the last question yep. because the last one wasn't the last question. Right. Uh, when do I get like an animated Usagi series coming soon? Actually announced and in the works. When was the first time I was introduced to Usagi? I think that you probably saw Usagi when he did a crossover in the 2003 series. Oh, probably. Yep. Season two, he shows up and then he shows up again later. Yeah. He's like this rabbit yeah. who does ninja and he's cool. So he's not a turtle property. That's Stan Saki who does that. And he what I, I like those comics, too. And I collect a lot of those. He, he, it's just a lot of Japanese history told through the lens of these like animal creatures, one being a rabbit samurai. Mm-hmm. 
uh, and it's awesome. And he's And so he has cool. a relationship with the Turtles creators, and so now he's appeared in the Nickelodeon series, the 2003 series, and now they are working on a show now. He's very old, Stan Sa- He still does comics. He's the one who does all the comics still. It's amazing. That's great. And that series is coming, uh, I think, in a year or so. Mm. They've been working on it, so I'm excited about that, too. Okay. So I like I like Usagi. Yeah, he's I'm great. I'm a big Usagi guy. I'm glad that they... they... I remember... Hunting in the 2003. Oh yeah. oh yeah. They made a figure of Usagi, and it was a it was toward toward the end of that run. It was very hard to get mm-hmm. some of the figures, right? I finally found one, and this was a part of my life where we didn't have a lot of space. I was not keeping things in packages, so mm-hmm. I have them. I have them. I have them out, but I wasn't the guy that like kept things in packages. No, so there was no way we could have back then. Apparently, there's that, and then you got me one time. You got me the the the, the original like. NECA made, they, NECA makes all sorts of stuff now, but they made those black and white comic versions of them, and it came in a box that you bought, mm-hmm. and it was like, you bought it from, like, the Mirage before they sold the Nickelodeon site, right? Well, I have them. They're great, but if I had kept them in that box, mm-hmm. God, they're worth a ton of money. Oh, man. <laughs> I mean, they're worth money, but, like, oh, I didn't... Oh, those guys right there? Yeah, and I'll ne- I mean, it doesn't matter. I'll never get rid of them, but... True. Uh, but, yeah, there's a, it's weird how there's a lot, because a lot of that 2003 stuff is, like... Because it was hard to find. I should have kept it in the packaging. But, like, what? why, though? You wouldn't have sold it, so then it would just be clogging up room. The only reason I keep... um, I mean, I know that Funko stuff is more valuable in the box, but I honestly... I'm just a person that kind of likes the look of them in the box. I just can't get over that, because you are a Toy Story fan, and that is, like, the whole fucking story of number two, of Jesse being stuck in the box. Like, dude. Toy Story is not real life. (laughs) Wow. 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 Don't tell our four-year-old because we have a stuffed animal of Woody that he loves except for at nighttime. He puts him in the closet because he's like, I don't want that shit coming alive during the nighttime. I don't want to see that. Kid's smart. Yeah, he's smart. He doesn't want to deal with that. So, I don't know. My heart just broke a little bit with that little comment of yours. Uh, Most of my turtles are out. Hmm. So, do you love them more than them? The Funkos, if they manage to come alive if they want to, they they have the permission to hop out whenever they want. How? They're like stacked seven layers deep into these fucking boxes. Figure it out. One night you're gonna come out here and it's just gonna be like two rows are just gonna be toppled over, and like one's gonna be just like out. You'll be like, what the fuck? It's because they came alive. Oh, okay. <laughs> All right. All right. This has been an interesting episode. This has been a scattershot episode in which we talked about the first movie and then we just really went into all sorts of turtle stuff. Because if you let me talk about yeah. random turtle stuff, I will go in a thousand different directions. That's why I started the other podcast in the first place. But I don't live with Sean, therefore we don't do the podcast easily. And therefore you are going to be the one that has to listen to all my diatribes unless I can get one of these kids to be as obsessed about it as oh I Oh my God. Can you please me. pick up the new turtle podcast, but do it with like Elliot? <laughs> He'd be like, which one's the blue one again? I'm like, fuck you, kid. Oh, my God. It would be freaking amazing. <laughs> I think I have my our four-year-old, I think, is my best bet. He seems to really... All right, do really, a podcast with, with Marshall. It's cool. He, he seems to be the one who... The problem with... Yeah. Elliot would have if I had, like, pushed it harder, but... He, he didn't want to be one of those parents. No, they can have... And I still feel that way. They can like what they like, and they don't have to like what I like. That's fine. The weird thing, and I know we've talked about this before, is that when we were younger, we had fewer choices of things That's to true. like. That's true. There's and so now, many things. there's 5,000 things. So even the things they like change every three months into something totally like, different. Like, I wouldn't have guessed that Elliot would really like Ninjago, which is like ninja stuff with Legos. Like... That's right in the same line, right? But that's just totally. because it was like available to him at a, a key moment. That's what he likes. And I'm mm-hmm. like, I don't have a problem with that. That's fine. Yeah. I like it when we show them these movies and stuff like that because like 
they got to see Back to the Future and was like, oh, this is great. And they have that memory now. And they have the memory of watching all three of these weird turtle movies where they're men in suits. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Those are like, those you can do. Whereas a cartoon series are just like, that's every other cartoon series that's out there. That's It doesn't true. feel like it's different, right? Yeah. So I do want you to do a podcast with uh, Elliot about Ninja Turtles. He's like, which one's that No, one? he'll be like, well, actually, what I don't like about the third one is all the spots on their faces. He did he, not like the spots on their faces. He made that comment about 32 times. They're in Seattle. They have that science fiction museum, right? And they mm-hmm. have a Ninja Turtles costume on display there. And it's a Turtles 3 costume. And, mm-hmm. man, it doesn't look good. And oh, sad. I think it's Donatello? I, I think know. it is. It's not great looking. Sad. Because it's just not, that's the fate, it's the head. The head is really the problem there. Yeah. I like that the, they have a lot more functionality I and like movement in the, in the body, but the faces don't look great. No, no. The spots are bad, too. They're too clean. Yeah. It's like, the, it's like too, it's too symmetrical. It's too, like, like, it's three colors and that's it. Yeah. It needed to be just, like, messed up a little bit. Yeah. Ask me who I, what characters I want to see in the, another Turtles movie that they haven't done. What characters do you want to see in a Turtles movie that they haven't done? Fucking Leatherhead, obviously. I know that we have, like, oh, Killer Croc. What about Croc. Oh, God, don't get me, don't get me excited. Oh, Tyler, jeez, they're like, oh. Racking's a, they, in the newer comics, they have a great um, way of doing Rat King, which is part of, like, this, like, family of, like, centuries-old meddlers in, in human history, mm-hmm. and they, like, they try to, like, fuck with human life human lives and mm-hmm. like some of the some of the um family members are are nice and they're benevolent and some of them don't care and then the rat king is always just trying to fuck with people and i love that mm-hmm. i love the rat king interpretation there so yeah rat king would be amazing and it'd be gross and it'd be fun but see now what, what's weird is that like a lot of these things have happened and I know, i'm not saying that they've taken it from it because i know like rat catcher and the suicide squad she has a bunch of rats that follows around her. I don't. I can't say if that came out before or after Rat King and the Turtles. It might have been a long statement. I mean, DC someone who thing. controls rats in a city, that's not right. going to be like a very unique... But like, that's in the movie and people like that character. So like, yeah. you could obviously do it. Leatherhead obviously is very much like a killer croc of Batman. I know that hasn't really been done in like a movie. Mm-hmm. They did it in the, su- the first Suicide Squad movie, which is terrible. But I didn't see that one, so I yeah, wouldn't know. So, I mean, you could do that, but I want Leatherhead and I will kind of... yeah. I, I want more Utrams. They've done Krang, but I want Utram race and then Triceratons. Oh yeah, the Triceratons were Triceratons. so cool. And they're in, an alien race mm-hmm. that have tri- Triceratops heads, basically. Yeah, and they're assholes. And they're fucking smart, but like aggressive. They're bits. assholes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Give me that. Give me that in movie form. All right, I'm ready to go. Well, I hope you enjoyed this episode <laughs> of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles from 1990, plus those other ones. Yeah, including the underrated one. And we will talk at you another movie. You know, the other thing I had oh God, stop. was Turtles stop, 3 stop, 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 stop. had that. I had a video. All right, not a video. Tyler, the episode's over. A cassette tape of the soundtrack to uh-huh. Turtles 3 and like Tarzan Boy on there and uh, lots of good songs. <laughs> it is interesting how there were like pop songs for the first two movies, but not the third movie. Well, I like, see, and that's what's weird. The um, T-U-R-T-L-E power mm-hmm. song. Uh, from the first movie, it doesn't get a lot of love compared to Ninja Rap, even though I think it's a better song, a better rap, although it gets the thing wrong about Raphael being the leader of the group. But mm-hmm. see, they, when they were commissioned to write the song, they probably watched the movie and like, well, oh, it looks like Raphael's like the main character in this. I guess yeah. he's the leader. <laughs> and I know probably. that they've changed that in certain, I mean, the Rise of the Team and Tish uh, series has Raphael as the leader for a little while, but uh, that's wrong. Okay. And then they use that okay. song in another video game that came out more recently, and I was I'm excited that the movie off. came Mid off. Sentence. But anyway, yeah. 